Evening, everybody. Uh, do keep those uh, Bibles open in front of you. That will be really, really helpful. Um, uh, partly so you can fan yourself, keep yourself cool, uh, but more importantly, so you can see that what I'm saying is what uh, God is saying from his word tonight. Well, I hope you've uh, managed to enjoy the sun over the weekend. Um, that's gone now, it seems. Uh, so uh, hopefully you enjoyed it while you could. Um, and uh, you may be back at work or or school. Um, and just to make sure that you, you kind of, um, you know, sharp for that, you know, now you're back to the grind, um, I just thought I'd do a quick quiz to check that your brain power is, is working um, properly. I'm going to ask you a few quiz questions, okay? They're all taken from TV game shows, uh, quiz shows. Uh, here's, here's the first one. Name a yellow fruit. Anyone? Come on. But a, a, a banana, you'd think so. You'd think so, wouldn't you? But... You sure it's not an orange? No? No, no, no? Okay, number two. Um, name something a doctor might pull out of a person. Anyone? Keep it clean. So what's that? An appendix. Appendix, yeah, that, that would be a good answer. There's all kinds of things you could answer. Um, but how about a gerbil? Anyone, anyone, was anyone thinking gerbil? I think not. Okay, which of the following is the largest? Okay, think, you concentrate really carefully here. A peanut, an elephant, the moon, <laughs> or a kettle? What, what do you think? What do you think? You, I mean, you're thinking moon, aren't you? You are, but elephant. Apparently, elephants are bigger than the moon. Um, okay, final one, fourthly, in science. What is botany the study of? Anyone? Yeah, yeah plants. I think that's what we're, I think that's what we're saying. There's a it's like a collective plants kind of, kind of thing. Um, uh, well, you, you might think so, but not being a scientist, I, I mean, I can, I, can see, I can see, you know, how this guy might have made a little misstep uh, there. Uh, no, I, I'm not trying to be cruel here, okay? Uh, what I'm just saying is sometimes when the pressure is on, even easy things can become quite difficult to achieve. I mean, you might have found that yourself. You know, you're cruising through your day, you're doing your thing, and it's all going really, really well. And then some, you hit a speed bump, and oh, all of a sudden, something happens, and, and, and like, oh, my God, you're just like, oh, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Oh, I'm, an, I'm an idiot. I don't think any of us actually wake up, do we, of a day, and we go, you know what? I am going to do something really dumb today. That's my plan. No, we don't. We, we all want to live a good life, don't we? The best life possible. And we think that it is possible, that we can do it, that we can achieve it. But then as we try to, we find we can't, if, if we're honest. And I think for those of us who are Christians here this evening, we might feel like that about living for God too. We really want to live to please God. I don't love the things I regret or the things that are wrong in my life. No, no, I want to live a life that makes God smile. But all too often, I set out to do that and then I stumble and I fall. And I think often when we do that, we're tempted to settle, just settle for a kind of bang average, that'll do level of pleasing God. Or we might even, after all, be tempted to just give up. 
The Apostle Paul, the, the fellow who wrote our passage for this evening, he, he won't let us do that. No, no, no. He wants the Colossians who he's writing to, and, and us also, as we read this. He wants us to do verse 10. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. And yet, in the, it's interesting, in this section, he doesn't tell them to do anything in order to make that happen. Do you you notice that? He simply does one thing. He prays for them. And as he prays, (laughs) he simply actually asks for one thing. Uh, And for one reason. Have a look at at verse 9. And and so, from the day we heard, the, the day they heard about the Colossians, we have not ceased to pray for you. And here's the request. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And here's the reason. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. One request, and for one aim, one reason. We're going to look at those two things in turn. Here's the request. What does Paul mean when he prays that they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will? Well, in order to try and get to grips with that a little bit, um, let me show you a picture of my brain. Here we go. We'll put it up on the screen. It's not an exact picture. I know that's not an x-ray, okay? I know that some of you were probably thinking that it would more look like Homer Simpson's brain, you know, like that, okay? But that's just mean. So stop thinking that, and we'll flick back to the other, other slide. Um, there's a problem with my brain, actually. Um, and it's not just that it's very, very small, okay? It's, there's more than that. As you'll notice, it's, it's filled with red triangles, Now, these red triangles represent human thinking and understanding. They they represent my natural way of thinking as a human being. And if I'm going to live a life fully pleasing to God, or even just try and live my best life now without him, either way, I'm going to try and do that using my red triangles. I'm going to approach that using human wisdom. But here we come to the big problem. Cast your eye over in your Bibles to verse 21, or you can see it on the screen. Paul says, And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. <laughs> Do you see? By, by nature, human wisdom, my mind, it's opposed to God. And, and always goes the wrong way. And so human wisdom is not okay. In the next chapter of Colossians, Paul warns us, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. But Paul says, he says, human wisdom may come up with all kinds of clever-looking ideas and uh, and rules and ways of thinking. Uh, uh, And we may think it's really smart. We may think we're really smart. But it won't get you anywhere. It will make you think that you can live to please God just by having the right morals, the right traditions, um, and and trying really, really hard. But it doesn't stop you sinning. No. So red triangle thinking will always end up with you feeling crushed and burdened and disappointed and, and like a failure. All of which is to say, human wisdom 
isn't lovely and great and wonderful. Which is why Paul is praying something different for these guys. He, he is praying that this would happen. Ooh, ooh, I mean, high-powered high visual effects there for you. Okay, quiz time again though. What are the green circles all about? What do they represent? Yeah, I, I, I'll make that a rhetorical question. Don't worry, I won't put you on the spot. God's thinking, right? That's God's thinking. Green circles are God's thinking. God's will, what God says, what God loves. That's what that is. And I can only live a life to please God if he replaces my human thinking with his thinking. Which is why Paul prays. And so we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Living a good life, a life pleasing to God, it's not something that you can work out or do by yourself. That's why Paul is praying for it. I mean, you don't pray for things that you can do really easily, like tie your shoelaces or brush your teeth or anything like that. No, 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 no. Paul wouldn't be praying this if it was super easy to do. He'd just be telling you to do it. Like a parent nagging, nagging their kids. He'd be saying, stop thinking this way. Start thinking that way. But that's not what he's doing. Instead, he is praying that this would be something that God would do for them. And he's not just praying that God would give them, do you notice, a bit of his wisdom and understanding? Or uh, that they might think of God's wisdom some of the time. No, no, no. How, how much is he asking for? He's asking for God to fill them. He's praying that the Colossian Christians would have their minds full of God's thoughts all day, every day. Can I say to you that this is what you most need? as we launch out into a new academic year. Which is why as a church we think it's really, really important that each of us are, are reading our Bibles, that we re have it read here in church and, and taught to us, so that we can, by God's Spirit, hear God's thoughts and have a knowledge of His will to direct our paths. Why? For what purpose? What's the reason, secondly? Well, it's there again in verse um, 10, isn't it? So that we can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. And Paul in the rest of this section unpacks what a, a life pleasing to God looks like. Firstly, it involves, again in verse 10, bearing fruit in every good work. Now, even bearing fruit is not something that we can achieve by ourselves. I mean, just imagine this. If you're a branch connected to a tree and there's, and there's an apple hanging at the end of your branch, you cannot go, oh, look at me. I'm such a great branch. Look what I have achieved. No. Bearing fruit is not an achievement, is it? The apple is only there, not because you're amazing, but because, as a branch, you are connected into the life-giving tree, a healthy tree at that. And this is exactly what Jesus said. He said, look, look, I'm like a tree 
And you're like a branch. <laughs> and if you, if you sit and lie on the ground, if you fall to the ground, you, you, you will die and you'll not produce anything. But if you're connected to me, if you connect into me and you stick with me, you will produce so much fruit. And so we're supposed to live lives that bear fruit as Christians. Lives that are good and do good for other people. Lives that show that we're connected to Jesus. And so you may well say, oh, well, I don't feel very fruitful. I, I feel like I'm a rubbish Christian. I don't, I don't think my life is doing good to anyone. So, so what I'm, what I'm going to do this term is I'm going to, I am going to try really, really hard to bear more fruit. No! That's not the answer, is it? That's red triangle thinking. The answer is, Father, please fill me with green circles. Fill me with the knowledge of your will. Because when you are filled with God's thinking, you will bear fruit. You, you can't help but bear fruit. And if you're not being filled with the knowledge of God's will, if you're, you're not thinking God's thoughts, you may produce all kinds of other stuff in life. You may have all kinds of achievements and get all kinds of qualifications um, and, and have a really successful career and, and stack up loads and loads of money, but that is not fruit. That is not the fruit that God is looking for from your life. That isn't fruit that pleases him. Fruit that never goes rotten or is, let's face it, one day forgotten and lasts for all eternity. Because that kind of fruit only comes as you are filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And secondly, to please God, we're to live a life that is growing in knowledge of God. Over the summer, I watched a brilliant documentary about the England cricket captain and uh, local northeast boy, Ben Stokes. And we heard from lots of um, talking heads during this documentary, as you always do, um, uh, about the stories behind Stokes's legendary exploits on the cricket field. Uh, so, uh, yeah, him kind of single-handedly winning World Cups and single-handedly winning Ashes um, matches. He's like a one-man cricketing machine. He's, yeah, incredible. Uh, but it's interesting. On this documentary, anyone, well, anyone actually can, can, can know anything about him. I mean, you can find out anything about anyone. I mean, probably everything he's done is, is on, a, on, on his wiki page, isn't it? But what was really interesting was that when you listen to his wife and his parents and his friends, they spoke really differently about him than all of the cricketing journalists did, who there was a plethora of on this, on this documentary. That's because... They didn't just know about him. They knew him personally, intimately. And I think some of us are more like cricket journalists when it comes to knowing God. We know lots about God, and we can answer lots of questions about God. Oh, yeah, 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 I, I know the answer to that one. Yeah, yeah. But what God longs for is not just for us to know about him, but for us to know him personally, intimately. To know him as his friends. What is it that God most wants for you this year? 
He wants you to grow in knowing him in that way. And you may say, oh, well, I, I, I don't feel like I know God at all like that. So you go home and you vow to read that Christian book that's been sitting on a shelf. You've been meaning to read it for ages. Or, or, you, or you sign up for some kind of course or, or a conference or, or, or whatever. And, and those might be brilliant things to do, but no. To know God better first, you need to pray that God would fill you with his thinking so that you may live to please him by knowing him better. That's the logic of this, isn't it? It's not about how much of the Bible you know, even though it's brilliant to know your Bible well. It's not about getting a theology PhD. It's not about whether you can pray great big prayers full of great big words. No. Knowing God better is a gift that God gives. And you don't get to know God unless you humbly bow the knee and ask him. Then thirdly, Verse 11, living a life to, to please God looks like being strengthened with all power. Oof, that sounds good, doesn't it? What do you think? Maybe this time on a Sunday evening when it's warm and you're feeling a bit sleepy, oh, being strengthened by power. Oh, not least with what I've got to do tomorrow, Monday morning. Oh, wouldn't we all like that, to be strengthened with power? Well, here's the surprise. Paul is praying that we might be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. For what? Don't look... Don't look. What do you think? What do you think? What do you expect is going to come out next? So you're going to be able to do miracles? Al-kabam. Oh, yes. So, so that you're going to be um, able to solve world poverty. So you're going to be able to grow the church, make disciples for Jesus, um, yeah, bring people to faith. So, so you can be able to live a perfect life and make everyone go, wow, they must be a Christian. Hmm. What does Paul say? I am praying this so that you may have endurance and patience. <laughs> That's a bit of a letdown, isn't it? <laughs> All of God's power, just so you might be able to keep pootling along, keep going. I don't know what you think is the most powerful thing you could do as a Christian, but I want to suggest that it wouldn't look powerful to the world. It would look like somebody who in the face of Incredible suffering just keeps on trusting Jesus. It would look like an old lady dying of cancer and, and yet still singing the praises of her Lord. It would look like a parent who has just tragically lost a child and yet through tears clings on to God's goodness and the hope of heaven. It would look like a crippled man, housebound, so infirm, unable to do so many of the things that we take for granted and yet not becoming all bitter and twisted by it. And actually getting, just, just using that confinement to pray for all kinds of things, including praying for the kids at the local youth club to come to faith, and I was one of them. And I did come to faith. I'm so thankful for his prayers, and he made the most of that. You see, all of these people I've just mentioned, they're people I know. And I'm so grateful for the demonstration right there of the extraordinary power of God in their lives. Clearly at work, keeping them going with Jesus. You see, being a Christian is not flashy. 
or impressive. It's a long, hard race. And we never know what is around the corner. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen this year, this term, do we? Who knows what kind of really difficult challenges we might have to face? But if we think that we can keep going through sheer guts and willpower, folks, that is red triangle thinking. And it will tell us, oh, just give up. Various points during this year, it will just go, just give up. That kind of thinking will say, just give up, it's too hard. You've tried following Jesus, it's, it's not worth it. It's not working. He's not doing what you ask. He's not helping you. In fact, it, it seems to be he's just working against you a lot of the time. So, come on, just give it up. But that is human wisdom. And so what we need to do is, hopefully you're getting it by now, pray for God to fill us with this thinking which tells us, reassures us that he loves us and that he's for us and that he is strong and that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us and he will keep us and he will hold us all the way to the end because he's promised it and he can do it. And then fourthly, finally, in verse 12, giving thanks to the Father. <laughs> Some of us aren't naturally very thankful. I don't know if you think of anyone in your mind. When I, well, maybe I shouldn't encourage you to think that. But I, confession, confession. I, I remember... Um, a few days after Christmas, my mum would always come and you know, gather us kids together and go, now it is time to write the thank you letters. And I would go, oh, man. And I begin to wonder if it was even worth getting the presents for the pain of having to write thank you letters. <laughs> did, did anyone else feel like this? Or was it just me? It just felt like a mountain to me. And, and in fact, to be honest, some of the presents... I was, you know, they were of, of, what shall I say, dubious quality. And so I was a little bit tempted to write, thank you so much for your gift, but to be frank, it's quite costly to write thank you letters. So next year, could you make it worth it? <sighs> I'm sorry, I, I have repented of that, just, <laughs> just to say. But, but folks, if our head is full of red triangle thinking, if our heads are full of human thinking, well, it's all about me and what I want and my effort. And so we'll never be very thankful people if we trust in that kind of thinking. We'll be the sort of people who, who think that we deserve stuff and we always want more and we'll be stingy and tight, not generous. And when things go wrong, we'll be all grumpy and critical and we'll blame others. But... If our heads are full of green circles, if they're full of God's thinking, then we will see things as God sees them. And, and, and we'll begin to see just how much he's done for us, just how much we have to give thanks for. And, and in fact, verse 12, what we'll do is we will give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And verse 13, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We don't have time to fully unpack that. I need to land this and finish it. But suffice to say, once we were God's enemies and we were in darkness, 
far away from God, enemies in our minds because of our evil behavior, because of the way that we lived. But but God sent his son to redeem you, to, to show you how much he loves you, to forgive you. As Jesus and his death on the cross brings you from darkness to light. And so if you trust in him, whatever else happens this year, whatever goes wrong, nothing can change the fact that you are his precious child, that he loves you and you belong to his kingdom forever and ever. And that is why we can give thanks in all circumstances. And some of us might sit here and go, yeah, 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 you're right. I need to be more thankful. I really do. I'm going to try and think of three things each day to give thanks for. I'm going to get myself a system. No! No! It's great to have a system. Let me encourage you to develop systems to help you to pray. But that is not how you become more thankful. If you're not a very thankful person, your problem is not your system. Your problem is your thinking. Don't fix it with a human idea. (laughs) Fix it how I really hope we're getting this by now. Otherwise, I've failed miserably this evening. I know I've really banged it (laughs) home. I hope I've banged it home because we've really got to get this. We fix it by asking God to fill us with the knowledge of his will so that he may help us to overflow with thanksgiving. The only thing we have to do as we leave church this evening, that's the only thing in response to this passage, is ask God to do this for yourself and for others. Pray this for yourself. Pray it for the people sitting next to you. Please do. Today, tonight, this week. Pray it for your family. Pray it for your work colleagues. Pray it for everyone you know. Because this is what we all need. Pray that their minds will be filled with the knowledge of God's will so that they and we will live a life pleasing to the Lord. Let's do that now as I close. I'm going to put those, these verses up on the screen, all right? And I just think, you know, there's, I've just highlighted the, the request, the reason, and then those four things that a life living, a life pleasing to the Lord looks like. I just, I just want to give you a moment on your own. You don't have to pray a big, wordy prayer as I say. Just take a moment on your own. Talk to God. Pour out your heart. Whether, whether you believe in him or not, take this moment to call out to him and see what God does in your life. Let's just have a few moments to do that. Oh, Lord God, we do want to call out to you, pray to you, that you would help us to to resist our temptation, to think that we know best, um, and to call out to you, that you might fill us with a knowledge of your will, so that we would live lives that 
are pleasing to you and, and draw others to you and, and bring you all the glory that you deserve. Father, be at work in us. Uh, well, this evening, this week, this term, uh, help us to keep drawing close to you, to trust you, to keep asking you for this, that we would be amazed at the things that you do in us and through us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.